Phase World Podcast helps independent creators live their creative and financial freedom. I'm your host, Fei Wu, and I'll be taking you through a series of interviews with creators from around the world who are living life on their own terms. Each episode is packed with tactics, nuggets you can implement, origin stories to make listening productive and enjoyable. We're not only focused on the more aspirational stories, but relatable ones as well. We also have non-interview-based mini-series releasing throughout the year to help deep dive into topics such as freelancing, marketing, even indie filmmaking that will benefit creators like you. Show notes, links, and ways to connect with the guests are available on phaseworld.com. Now, on to the show. So hi, guys. I'm here with Owen Video. Video is not his last name, but he is known for that. And I really love his content. I've been binging a lot of the latest videos on his channel um, for sponsorships, brand deals. Really get into the details. Absolutely love it. But without further ado, Owen, I'm so glad you're here. Let's talk about our creator journey. Yeah. Hey, thanks for having me. Like, I'm, I'm so excited to be talking to other entrepreneurs especially creative entrepreneurs, right? You have a business and you want to share that, that message mm-hmm. uh, on video or in a podcast. Like that, that is the kind of thing that gets me out of bed uh, in the morning. QuickBooks, not so much. You know, <laughs> Excel spreadsheets don't so much get me out of bed, but I love- I'm sure you're good at them. <laughs> no, no. I know how to hire people that are good at them. Oh my gosh. Like I want to, I want to get my reports on an Excel spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. I don't ever want to have to like create new Excel spreadsheet. Like I, it's so not the way my brain works. And I often talk to my clients about, um, you know, w- when you build a system around your content, right? So mm-hmm. you're not, you're, you're no longer trying to squeeze content into your week, but it's like, no, my content generates leads. And so we want to systemize it. We want to outsource the production of it. You know, you, you have to be in a place where um, you're excited about it um, mm-hmm. and, and it, it is a natural extension of what you do every single day. And I think that those are like the big things that we miss in content creation. No, oh, you get right in there. I absolutely love it. You know, we're not trying to bury the lead here. Um, yeah, good. That's journalism. <laughs> we are here to talk about how to, you know, how I think mature and professional uh, whether you're podcasts or YouTubers, but content creators in general are supposed to really face their business. What I also noticed, there's that trend, as you described, kind of pl- uh, for me to put in plain English, you're trying to help content creators understand that they are their own platforms as opposed to relying only on social media or something yeah. so specific like Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Um, I can see that you are someone who believes in and and really generates lots of you know multiple revenue streams. Yeah. and you know, before I kind of make some assumptions here, I assume you're doing YouTube or content creation full-time right now. You have your own business and this is kind of what you do, right, Owen? Yeah, you know, we have a coaching company called the Video Marketing School. And in the Video Marketing School, we help seven-figure entrepreneurs leverage the power of video on YouTube to grow the brand and to generate a steady flow of leads. And this is something, YouTube was the best at this 10 years ago. YouTube Mm -hmm. is still the best at this. Mm-hmm. You know, I have videos from eight years ago that continue to get uh, drive traffic to my work with us form. And, mm-hmm. and so we, we have always believed in YouTube, but we also, for example, I spoke at a conference last week about taking your marketing off YouTube. Mm-hmm. And the only audience at that conference was, uh, you know, big YouTubers, millions, 10 million mm-hmm. subscribers, 8 million subscribers. 
So their whole thing is like, how do I take this off of YouTube? And that's that's comes down into hiring the right people to do the, the right part of your job. So as the CEO of that coaching company, um, we do create our own products. So I have an Amazon Alexa channel called Life Automated. I do comedy videos with my family on TikTok uh, on a channel called Them Hemsaths. And, and my wife uh, has a talk show called The Brave Talk Show. Oh and goodness. so we, like the business teaches entrepreneurs, but we've, we've outsourced a good chunk of the business, right? It, it's a mm -hmm. business. Mm -hmm. our, so what we do then is our company produces these other shows that, that we uh, content create, right? So like we, we launched a show um, with our, our friend who's a doctor. He's actually my doctor. Uh, he's a naturopath. And we launched a show with him in partnership with him. Wow. Um, so that's how our model works is, is um, that two-part model of the business runs and that frees us up to do the content that we love to do. Amazing. I'm going to, you know, my neighbor just decided to, since this is a live show, I'm going to shut the window. It's the law. It's the law of the lawnmower. The Isn't lawnmower will begin the moment you press go live. It, it's so true. As has happened five times. And I did install something called crisp, you know, as you know, removes background sound. Um, if there are severe sounds happening in the background, including yeah. like barking music, but Anyway, you're getting into some really juicy details. In fact, you you don't just talk the talk. You, you walk the walk with your family. And I can see your, you know, I can see your your two boys or babies uh, in yeah. some of the earlier videos. They must be like young teenage. No, are they quite oh, I have a teenager now. I have a 14-year-old um, who's a teenager. And then I have a 10-year-old, an 8-year-old, and a 6-year-old. <gasps> and they, they love it. They love being a part of the videos. Um, they love contributing to the jokes like, our, our best performing video on TikTok is 10 million views. Wow. And I filmed it. It was my concept for sure. But then my son, he, he changed the joke at the end. He just said it under his breath, you know? And, and I go, oh my gosh, that's so funny. So we filmed his version and it became our top producing video on the channel. And, you know, I love the comments because the comments on TikTok, uh, like they address him by name. They, they mm -hmm. say, oh, hey, James, you know, hey, great. James was so funny in this one. Or I got a comment that was like, Benjamin cut his hair. Like, oh, I noticed Benjamin cut his hair. And it's like, you guys like know my family, you know? Mm -hmm. And that, that to me is a really special place to be. Wow. I got to explore TikTok. Uh, I didn't even realize that you had a channel. And it, it is something that it's quite happening. For, you know, not every content creator would choose to partner with their family members in this case, you know, your yeah. young kids. But I think it's so creative and you are paying attention to their, you know, individual, their individual contributors. And they are, you know, respecting their opinions and their content. Um, yeah, that sounds super fun. I Would you encourage other people? Yeah, you know, great question. It, that's what we would call our retirement channel. And we, we look at YouTube like we look at real estate and we, we do invest in, in real estate as a retirement plan, just as we're investing in YouTube as a retirement plan. So, you know, we've got the, the videomarketingschool.com where we coach um, uh, entrepreneurs on how to grow their YouTube channels. But then we also have our own YouTube channels that, that bring us life and bring us joy. Mm -hmm. um, and, and these are things that we, we schedule them but we schedule them as sort of like um, where, where other people might schedule racquetball, 
mm-hmm. or where other people might schedule like a hike. Now we, we do some of those things as well. In fact, some of our videos are, let's go on a hike and film a video. But my point is, is that it's a dedicated, uh, or I say it's a commitment, but not a full dedication to the channel. Like we haven't uploaded to TikTok in a month and that's okay. It bums me out. It's been a busy month. Mm-hmm. Um, and so because it's a retirement channel, because it's like our nest egg, mm-hmm. we, we can slow down there, build back the business, get, get back where we need to go. And then we'll, we'll, we'll start uploading to TikTok again. So I think that everybody out there, like if you've got a coaching company or, or maybe you're a, a gaming creator, um, think about like your retirement channel and maybe you're a gaming creator, but you work at Starbucks. Maybe, maybe the, the, the gaming creator channel is your retirement channel. Um, but, but think about like, like, what do you want to be doing in 10 years? Uh, you know, what are you really passionate about? Sewing, quilting, like uh, dog breeding. Like it's, we all have these weirdo, like niche things that we're into. For me, it's like Amazon Alexa and smart tech. I love that stuff. Um, but I also love stand-up comedy and like, I want to be a comedian someday. And I, so again, you're making tiny investments into your future on a secondary YouTube channel, but you still have your business that you need to run during the day. Incredible. The the long haul of being a content creator is something I feel like so few people have thought about or worried to go there. Yeah. Um, you know, it just feels like there's time, there's money investment. Uh, yesterday I spoke uh, for uh, basically at this virtual um learning session for New York Public Library. And it was so cool because every time there are 200 people who sign up, half of them show up for the live session. And you learn so much from these Q&As. And I noticed a lot of people today are still stuck on at the beginning, as in they really want to know how quickly they can make money back. So I'm so glad that we are addressing that, but also think about like secondary channels, which is something that I'm currently working on. Um, So I'll break it down a little bit. What do you think for people who are starting out? I'm sure there are people who are watching this and thinking about starting their own channel. Yeah. In retrospect, you know, you started seven years ago, even, yeah. you know, what have you learned? What are some of the things that, that you wish you knew then? Well, YouTube's changed a lot. You know, seven years ago, um, when when I first started, there, there wasn't like an algorithm per se. Um, it certainly wasn't knowable. And no, there was no mentors that existed. You know, there, there, there wasn't like Nick, Daryl, and Tim, and some of these people that know those names, you know, like they, they were just starting out, you know? And, and so like finding coaching and finding training manuals, there was no YouTube creator playbook at that time. Um, and so we were sort of scrambling around trying to figure out how this platform worked. And today, what I'm seeing is a lot of new creators using the tactics and strategies that we discovered way back then. And that's all, that's always like really energizing for me to see is some new creator, you know, start making money on the platform quickly following the format that, that I taught in webinars three years ago. So, you know, what have I learned then through all that is, is that the algorithm now is knowable. And, and if you know how the algorithm works, you can make videos that cater to that algorithm. You present your content in a way that ap- appeals to the human, right? So the, the algorithm is going to read the metadata. It's going to read sort of, in fact, your thumbnail, right? Your thumbnail is an image of the video and it's what people click to watch because on Facebook, it's autoplay, right? Like the video just starts playing. Whereas on YouTube, you have to click a thumbnail and that's, that's part of why it's a, it's a, it's a better platform for video. 
um, the people choose you. So they stick around longer. And, and you're like YouTube's bots read your thumbnail and they can tell if you have a fishing pole in it. They can tell if you have a salad in it. They can tell if you're smiling in it and they can tell if you're like overdoing it on the cleavage. You know what I mean? And they will knock your video down for stuff like that. You know, not in all cases there's, there's, you know, it's kind of like in these, uh, you know, stupid ads type cases, but you get it. Right. So one thing I've learned is that the algorithm is knowable. The second thing is, is that you can make videos that, that trigger the algorithm and then you present in your videos for the humans, which means that you title your video for a human, but you got to add words that the, the search engine will recognize. Um, they're in your video content you're, itself. Like if you're doing the whole like, Today's math class is based on three things. And I, I see people do this like, welcome to your market report for Cincinnati, Ohio real estate. And it's like, then they'll, they'll do boring ass videos like that for a year and then be like, YouTube didn't work for me. And it was like, no, you didn't work YouTube. Like you thought a market update was what people wanted to hear when in fact they wanted to hear a video that was like, um, sort of like the, the, the worst homes in Cincinnati, Ohio, dash, do not buy these, right? It's something that has a little bit more human uh, uh, appeal. Let me tell you, I bought multiple houses and never once did I check a market update first. You know what I mean? So, you know, the other thing is, and I'll say this, is that your video needs to be, a, your, your channel needs to be about a thing. And th this is something that I wish somebody had taught me earlier on mm -hmm. uh, because I struggled with this. My channel started as a web design channel. And then became sort of uh, like a, like an SEO uh, channel, and then sort of became like a, a how to grow on YouTube channel, or, or really like how to use video in general channel, and, and that's what we would call a variety channel. And that's why you know it's it's I've struggled to get past this this point that I'm at right now at like sixty two thousand subs. Where what I, I think the best creators are doing right now is like you pick a topic and you just go deep on that topic. And this is proven out time and time and time again. So you notice I said, I have a comedy channel with my kids, but then I also have a, a, a life automated channel. It's about smart home tech. Those are two separate channels because it's a different audience that will watch one than watch another. But Owen, oh, I like mountain biking and I'm a real estate agent. So I'm going to do mountain biking in my real estate channel. It, like That won't work. Now, could you make references to mountain biking? Sure, absolutely. Like it's the seasoning on the steak, right? But, but your your channel can't be about like how to how, which e bike is the best and how to buy a home in Cincinnati. You you got to have your a singular focus. I'm so glad you you touched upon that because I think you share your struggle and I have experienced that myself. You know, in a way that YouTube chooses you and. Uh, and, you know, YouTube basically surfaced my content as I was creating not just Zoom 101, uh, because a lot of people were creating that type of content in early 2020. Yeah. But I dove into a topic which is focused around Zoom for musicians, for artists, for fitness people. All okay. of a sudden, uh, YouTube's like, wow, you're known for that. Let's just keep keep Faye making content like that. And the of course, I start making uh, about, you know, lighting, equipment, audio, OBS, and all that's kind of related to that topic. Uh, but at some point, you know, I kind of like, oh, maybe use me as a guinea pig as well. At some point, I realized, you know, I branch out to live stream because I'm a content creator. And that was interesting, right? Creating net new content, whether it's for 
transcription services. I saw you have some content around that where restream, exactly how to use restream without me mentioning Zoom was hard. All of a sudden I can see a significant drop of, oh, what what is this? And and granted, you know, Zoom is like the hot topic for the past couple of years. Um, what, you know, also, what with, you, an, with an older yeah. audience too, right? Like, cause like mm-hmm. we know how to use Zoom, right? But it was like, it was like our, our older colleagues that didn't know how to use Zoom. So when you start talking about OBS, that's mm-hmm. now a younger audience, which doesn't, isn't really like watching your content up to this point. And that's fine. You're yeah. building another leg of your table. And, and this is part of the YouTube journey. I have a friend right now going through this. Her, she built a huge channel and a huge business on the mm-hmm. Instapot and mm-hmm. how to like different Instapot recipes. Uh, she's capped out, right? Like it's, there's no growth. So, mm-hmm. so she's created a new leg on like grilling, summertime grilling. And that's because we're coming into summertime now. So, um, she, you know, we, we were just hanging out at this conference last week and she goes, you know, like, it's just not, it's hard to get the views because th- these people came into my channel, largely women on Instapot grilling is more male. And so I'm building this whole new leg. She's just very frustrating, but we also know it's part of the process. Now, one thing that you could do in your case is make transitional videos. And I think this is key. So like if you're going to do, for example, uh, we both use Restream um, for our, you you know, broadcasting platforms. If you're going to branch into Restream tutorials, but you've been in the Zoom space, what I would do is I would make one or two like videos that use the word Zoom and Restream in them together, right? And so what happens is, you're, you're starting to bring your older viewers into the Restream community through the bait of Zoom, but you're also telling the YouTube algorithm that these videos are connected, right? You're building a bridge between your two legs and that, that is what triggers the suggested algorithm. So mm-hmm. for anybody out there, if you've built a whole channel that's like listing videos, right? Like you're trying mm-hmm. to sell houses, you know, you're only going to appeal to people that are, actively looking for that house, mm-hmm. right? Because nobody's going to Google 5715 Olive Avenue in Cincinnati, Ohio. No one's going to Google that. And that's the title of your video, right? Or houses for sale, Florida could be a good one. But my point is you want to branch out and create a new series that's like, I don't know, um, uh, the, all the details of gated, the gated, best gated communities, uh, my favorite gate, gated communities, best gated communities with schools in them, you know, the best parks in the gated communities. And you become this gated community expert or a condo expert, you know, or something, um, mm-hmm. something like that. But branching out at strategic times is key. Yeah, it's a great, really great point and something very specific. So for instance, I did end up creating videos for how to connect Restream from within Zoom. So uh, not just theoretically, I mean, realistically, you can simply go live from right from Zoom. Uh, That was a huge deal for people who don't want to leave Zoom. Zoom has all these filtering things. It has a lot of limitations as well. Um, But it's just hard for people to switch platforms. So that worked out well. Uh, Do you think, like, for instance, in my eyes, right, like I see myself as a creative entrepreneur and that can mean a lot of things. Like if you think of yourself as a creative entrepreneur, you could be author, speaker, coach, podcaster, you name it, an artist. So you could, you know, basically approach a lot of content, which can be very, maybe too broad in some cases. Um, But for me, you know, sometimes for me, it, it's there's a bit of a struggle to say, I see myself as a creative entrepreneur. I want to share share all the software and tips and tools that I'm using, including things like, I don't know, Squarespace, 
a lot of transcription services for my YouTube and everywhere else. Um, and I also share my YouTube growth journey. Do you think there's ever an opportunity for people to thrive on a collective knowledge or knowledge base related to creative entrepreneurship? Or do you think, you know, people are watching this, um, let's say they're kind of midway through, not, they're not just getting started. I think a lot of content creators who are maturing right now are really struggling with pivoting or kind of finding that bigger bubble to kind of host their content. Yeah. When, well that, yeah. That, that's, that's the decision that you have to kind of decide on who your audience is, right? Like, is your audience beginning creators? Okay. And, and if it is, remember that, that that audience is constantly growing um, with all sorts of people, people that are in high school now that will, will graduate and realize, hey, I'm a creative mm -hmm. entrepreneur. People that will get fired tomorrow at 22 from Starbucks and realize, oh, I'm, I'm more of a creative entrepreneur. You know, or like me, I got fired at 30 and that's when I realized I was more of a, of a creative entrepreneur. Um, and, and so this is always growing, but they all have this one thing in common. They're just getting started. Mm -hmm. Right now to move into topics that are for more like intermediate, I mean, it's a whole different audience. You might be dabbling in, you might be dabbling in um, a variety channel and that could hurt you. You know, like, I mean, you've got 15,000 subs. So I, I think this is a good time for you to kind of like start reaching into this. You've been an entrepreneur for a while mm -hmm. and, and now you're, you're sort of moving in, but I wouldn't ignore the, the, the other audience That's either. Right. Like you don't necessarily move on. You just include in addition you know, yeah. Mr. Beast is a good example. Mr. Beast has about like 10 different content categories that he works in. He does like giveaways. Um, and then he does, um, you know, sort of like challenges. Uh, but the, if you look at his page, like he has them all divided into 10 different playlists. Mm -hmm. And every video he does on that channel falls into those 10 different categories. And that's that's the direction that I would go. You know, the the trouble that that I see with creative entrepreneur is I see a lot of people using that term, but really they're affiliate marketers. And what I mean by that is, is, is you're making videos about software, posting links to the software and making money from the affiliates on that software. I do that too. There's nothing wrong with that. Is that a creative entrepreneur? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, like I, I'm not sure. My, my friend, Roberto Blake, you know, I think really has, has, uh, you know, cornered the market on creative entrepreneur. Uh, and it goes back to kind of that, that statement earlier on Excel spreadsheets versus Adobe Photoshop, right? Like an entrepreneur is an Excel spreadsheets person. A creative is an Adobe person. And so for me, like Adobe goes in front of the Excel spreadsheet. I'm Adobe first, and then I'm an Excel spreadsheet guy, right? Mm -hmm. Where am I making my money, right? Like I make my money through the coaching program. I make my money through affiliate sales. I make my money through brand deals. Um, I make my money through uh, private coaching. And we also have AdSense and we have these other side channels that we're, we're building. I would call that an entrepreneur, right? Because it's like a multiple, it's like a business that we could walk away from. Um, what I see a lot of is, is people that are unemployed, making YouTube videos, making a dollar a day, talking about I'm a creative entrepreneur. I'm not saying that's you. So please don't take that that way. What I'm saying is, if you're a creative entrepreneur, for those of you listening, you have to be making money. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You, you don't just get to be an artist and say, I'm a creative entrepreneur, right? Mm -hmm. and, and I personally believe it has to be a certain amount of money. Like if you're not paying your bills with it, are, is that what you're really doing? You, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? So I'm passionate about this because I feel like a lot of pseudo experts go out there and they, they live at their parents' house, which is fine. 
Um, they, they, but they don't have bills. They don't have kids. Um, mm-hmm. They don't have rent. And they call themselves a creative entrepreneur. And it's like, no, you're, mm-hmm. you're living at home, making YouTube videos, which is cool. But yeah, let's, let's call it what it is, you know, because what's going to happen is a 40 year old guy who wants to leave corporate America because he just got diagnosed with an autoimmune disease and he's tired of living his life this way. He's going to go follow that 17 year old's lead and fall into a dungeon of dark despair because that, that strategy will not build an income for him. You know what I mean? And so I want to make, like, I'm passionate about if you want to become better at Adobe Photoshop, you find the right people to teach you that. But when you want to start making money and become an entrepreneur, right? That's why we call it the video marketing school because our focus is not necessarily cameras and lenses. In fact, I probably have no videos on what camera and lens to buy. I I probably have one and I say, buy one of these three cameras. You know why it doesn't matter. If you don't know how to market that video, you know? So I think it's very important to like recognize what your objectives are. Is your objectives to, to make side income while your life is good, I support that. I love that. Let's call that what it is. But if you're trying to like actually make video that turns into seven figures, let's call that what that is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love it. I know I was smiling. Even the situations are probably not funny for people who are in those situations and uh, you know, unavoidably finding themselves believing in a dream, uh, yeah. comparing their beginning to someone else's middle. It is a market that it's sometimes it's just hard to tell you know, uh, what's up, what's down, who to believe in. And it is, it's something that I tell people the moment I say, you know what, YouTube is a long game, you know, like you want to check in with yourself three, six months, but do plan for a year, right? When they say Ah. a year, oh, a year is too long. You know, when, when am I going to start making money? When will my channel be monetized? So I, I have a question for you, Owen, which is, um, at what point, you know, seven years ago, you started your channel. Uh, I haven't known you for seven years. Yeah. At what point did you realize, okay, this is part-time living. Okay, this is full-time living. Could you give us like some yeah. just mental so, shifts, checkpoints? Here's a mental shift, right? Like mm-hmm. if you start a channel today about electric bicycles, that channel could be monetized today, mm-hmm. right? When, when when you're asking about when is YouTube going to pay me, you have left the realm of entrepreneurialism and you have entered the world of jobism. You now work for YouTube. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. YouTube AdSense is one of many monetization pathways that exist on YouTube today. And where we excel and where we've always excelled is what I would call brand deals or sponsorships. And so what that might look like. And by the way, I'm coaching a real estate client and how to do this right now because his passion is mountain bikes mm-hmm. and, and he doesn't want to do real estate forever. And so we're, I'm helping him build his retirement channel and it's about mountain bikes. So what we've done is we've put together like a, a list of 10 videos. He's actively now reaching out to the manufacturers of those e-bikes and asking them to sponsor these videos. Perfect. Right? And he has zero subscribers. I don't even think the channel even exists on YouTube yet. Like it's just an idea yet. He's still got to like click start new account. Mm -hmm. So why would a mountain bike company pay this guy for a video that has like no built-in audience? Okay. First of all, because what it would cost them to get their own video made and distributed and produced would be like $10,000. 
<laughs> where we, we're we going to offer them more like five videos for $5,000. <laughs> and then they have these videos that they can send to their email list. They have all these assets that they can use and reuse. And then we'll repurpose them for them and like, and then give those to them. Like they're going to get like seven to 10 videos for five grand. So a company is going to go cha-ching. That makes a lot of sense for us, right? The YouTube artist is always looking at views, mm -hmm. right? But you got to understand Brian White, right? Brian White's another client of mine. Brian White has a video with 147 views and that one video sold three houses in December. Mm -hmm. Ironically, it was a market update video, which I hate. I hate market update videos. But he's like, I need to do it, Owen. And he did it and he, he stole three houses from it. And so like, that's, that's the symbiosis I love having with my clients where it's like, hey, you got to go with your gut, but here's my coaching. And he's, I'm going with my gut. And he, and he crushed on it. And so, mm -hmm. you know, there is so much money to be made on YouTube before AdSense kicks in. But I, I feel like a lot of like new creators get stuck on, on AdSense and, and then they don't want to contact a brand. Yeah. I get it. It's scary to contact. It is. They're going to tell you no. So many people are going to laugh at you. But like the one that says yes, just paid you five grand. So yeah. that's, that's training that I have that I bring because I, I was a salesperson for years. I, I've been fired 22 times. Um, and mostly from sales jobs. Um, and, and it's cause I'm not a good corporate guy. Like I, I just don't, I'm not gonna wear a tie. Like I, I'm I just, things I'm just not going to do for your company. Um, you, you know, like I'm not going to lose myself in your, I'm not a company man. You know what I mean? Um, and, uh, and my point is I learned how to sell. And so like calling a brand, not even calling, I did a video about an email marketing company, just a quick tutorial. And then I tweeted it to them and I said, hey, let's do a brand deal. This was like six years ago. Um, I had 1,000 subscribers. I had nothing. Um, and they paid me four figures to do a series of webinars for them. It wasn't even YouTube videos, but they liked my presentation style. Mm -hmm. And they're like, what if we did these, the, you know, you did webinars for us, you know? Great. Webinars are live. I don't have to make a video for you. And I got paid like four grand to do that, to do like four different webinars for them. Then they referred me to another company yep. that gave me $2,500 to make videos for their channel, you know? And then in exchange, they gave me this great affiliate rate. And then I made five videos in my course for them. Like there's a lot of money to be made if you can just get your mind like away from AdSense. Like AdSense will be there. It will show up. Not one creator I know. Yeah is raving about, and I know creators with 8 million subscribers, the biggest channels in the world, right? Are some close friends of mine. And their, their whole thing is brand deals. It's, it's the AdSense pays for the editing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Now that editing might be 15 grand a month. Don't get me wrong. Like it's when you're a brand new creator, 15 grand a month sounds like, like a lot. And, and it is, but when your bills are, are 20 grand a month, it, it doesn't cut it. Yeah. Well, how beautiful is that? Because what I notice right away from creating content on YouTube is people started reaching out even before I became monetized. And that was very eye-opening. Wow. And because I had the training as a podcaster since 2014, you know, I started at a time where there were just not a lot of podcasters. I looked around at work, people are like, huh? You know, like making some people making true. fun of me. So true, they, yeah. They're like, good for you. But I kind of trained my muscle to reach out to people cold calling people or, you know, writing emails that didn't work, then worked later on. So what I yeah. love about, you know, your video of 
breaking it down. So Owen has this template and actually a product that you don't have to pay a lot of money to get the template. And he walks you through the beginning, middle and end. And one of the, I think, some really juicy is the fact that you can offer these brands so much more than just, I'll create a video. I'll give you a shout out. Oh, but, right. Yeah. yeah tell us so about that. More than that. Like, like have them send you free product, like a great way um, to, to do this is to send you free product. Like we, we had, um, uh, a, a Senso pods reached out to us. I, that I, I'm a little bit too big to do free product deals. Okay. So like, you know, you guys can hate on me, but like, you know, it's like, come on, man, I got kids to feed, but I wanted to show my, my clients what it looked like to do a free product deal. So they said, Hey, we'll send you these free earphones to make us any post on Instagram. Now my, I'm not active on Instagram in any major way. So it's like, fine. Like who cares? You know, um, they sent me free, uh, pods, ear pods. I love them. I love them. In fact, if you want to get them, you can go to my Instagram, click on my link in bio, you get like 25% off. And, and I made this reel of me dancing. Now, none of my audience has ever seen me dance. <laughs> and, I don't, and I don't dance. In fact, I remember dancing with a girl at a club when I was like dating and like I dropped her. <laughs> and, you know, it was like, I'm never, and I told her I didn't want to go to clubs. Like I'm not a dancing guy, right? Like I used to break dance, um, believe it or not, back in the 90s. Um, a cardboard, I actually broke my hand break dancing, um, a cardboard in the driveway with me and the neighborhood kids like that, that was my upbringing. So that like, when it came to club life and everyone's like in these groups, like vibing, like I was like, where's the circle? Like, I want to dance in the middle of a circle and do like backflips and stuff, you know, like it was anyway, I, I, I digress, but, um, we were talking about something more important than that. And I got like sidetracked on my own story. Oh, no, 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 no worries. Um, the, we were talking about that, you know, you should offer more than one or two offer, options. I love how you broke Offer more. Yeah. So, yeah. So I did this dancing video on Instagram. It is our best performing reel of all time, yeah. you know, and now I have this great success story to take to other brands. Yeah. So if you're just starting out, like go be, go be a, a, like assertive. And, and talk to brand, like, here's what you do. You go to Instagram or YouTube, type in hashtag ad in the search bar, and you'll see all the different ad videos that, that creators are posting. I, I really love this for Instagram. And you learn who's doing brand deals. So you find products. Like if you have a dog channel, like find the dog channel mm -hmm. better and what, and say, Hey, like, can you give me a month's supply? I'll do five videos for you or, or whatever the case might be. You know, but even, even to do, if you're like me and you've got sales skills and like you like webinars, like I believe that people like me have a big opportunity to be spokespersons. In fact, when I was a kid, uh, Billy Mays was like my favorite guy. I don't know if you remember Billy Mays. He was a tele, uh, excuse me, an infomercial guy. Mm -hmm. So I'm Billy Mays. And today we're looking at the ShamWow. Like he wasn't the ShamWow guy, but like he, he, he had that big, in, in fact, he, um, uh, bumped his air, his head on an airplane and died. Like I remember thinking, Oh my gosh, Billy Mays. And then I remember thinking maybe I could take his place. Wow. Uh, that was like, I don't know. It's like 10, 11 years ago. Anyway, if you have a skill set like that, go to these companies and be like, I'll be your spokesperson. Mm -hmm. I'll make videos on your channel. What if a company paid you a thousand bucks a month to make videos on their channel 
And mm-hmm. that fuels you. That $1,000 is enough for you to start working part-time at Starbucks instead of full-time mm-hmm. and focus more on your own channel. And now you're shifting things around. So brand deals are huge. They're limitless. And uh, like it spans, it spans a range of products. It's just like, you just got to get out of your own way. Yeah. You know what I mean? And starting like, this is the way to do it. I know people ask me this question all the time. How do you reach out to people? I mean, first of all, if you have a cell phone, you have a computer, I don't care if it's 10 years old, right? People are everywhere. Brands are everywhere. You can find brands on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. They're very responsive. Sometimes you don't get to the right person. That's true because you might reach out to the support team. You know, your your email might just float into the ether. Like nobody's going to read it. But um, as you get better at it, and especially when you target the right person in a kit that I'm developing for YouTubers as well, as especially people who are starting out, I tell them to kind of pay attention to certain job titles. Frankly, not every company these days ha- has an influencer department where they may be called something different, but there are you know, marketers, there are uh, L&D, there are uh, community management, there, you know, you can actually, yeah. What, what else, Owen, you said? PR, public PR. relations. Yep. But all These are the people. Yeah. And you reach out to them and you write them emails. And it's like, that's all I've, I've, all I've ever done is tweeted and write emails. Mm-hmm. Except I, I went, to, like, I go to a lot of conferences and I always work the, the sponsor areas. I always work. I went to Social Media Marketing World two years ago and I closed like three brand deals. That day, walking through. And when I say closed, like there's two levels. There's they said yes and then they paid. So, so a sale is really a two-part thing, but I got three people to say, yes, definitely. Let's just figure out how much that ended up being like $15,000. And what did it take for me? It took me just walking around. And you know, one of those deals actually went sour. It was kind of like the girl who hired me was fired like two weeks after we got started. And so it went sour in that there was no up, like I couldn't upsell them. Like we couldn't keep them on board. Cause the guy who took over, like, didn't care about me. He's like, I don't know what she hired you for. Just finish it and give it to us. So I finished their videos and moved on. It was super easy. Like mm-hmm. it was easy. Now, none of those videos ever saw the light of day. And that frustrated me, but I got paid, you know, either way. And, and this is the thing was when you work with brands, they're, they're on a whole different like mm-hmm. mindset. Like you're thinking five grand, like, wow, it's a lot of money for a brand. Like they have to spend five grand in order to get their budget for next year. Like, it's a whole different way of thinking. And a great time to approach brands is like November, December yeah. when, when their budgets are being renewed and they have money they have to spend. Like if they don't spend this money, they're going to have a lower budget next year. If you don't understand that, go watch The Office. They did a whole episode on it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah exactly. So get nonprofits too, especially nonprofits even. Yeah. And regular companies as well for your marketing dollars. So would you say that it may be wise to not only approach companies in November, December, but also pitch like serial content? Like let's, let's plan something for the next year. Was it too aggressive for? Yeah, no, never say like there's, it's always yes. And right. It's always like, sure. That's great. And we can also talk about this and we can, you know, yeah. give you to, like, uh, like no is can be a no, but it's usually like not right now, you, you know? And so, it's all about getting small commitments along the way. Like when we email somebody, it's never like, will you do a brand deal? You know, <laughs> yeah, and I have, yeah, I have yeah. clients in my program that are like, I sent an email out to a hundred brands and none of them responded. And I was like, show me what you wrote them. And it's like, hi, I'm me and I love me. And I want to talk about me and I want you to give me money. 
Yeah. And if like, that's not my template, that is not what I told you to do. You, your, your scarcity mindset took over and you got afraid. And so you started telling them all the reasons why they, they don't care about you. Like they care about them and their bottom line. Like that woman, that man that you're writing to has like uh, job responsibilities and, and has a busy life and a busy schedule. So fit your communications into that, right? So our first email is like, hey, you, you do a lot of great content on cat food. We are launching a brand new cat channel and I'd love to explore some collaboration opportunities. Have you ever worked with influencers before? Question mark. Right. Not thanks, comma, Jim Jones, ACP, BCS, LinkedIn. Right. Have you ever worked with influencers before? Question mark. Done. Mm-hmm. You know? And then hopefully they respond. If they don't, they don't. But you're going to send 10 of those out. And so you're going to get a lot of people. For, here's the one. If you're reaching out to GoPro, you're, come on. Mm-hmm. Like, reach out to the Facebook ads that you see in your newsfeed. Reach out to the Instagram ads that you see in your newsfeed. Like, those people are actively on social, right? Um, and then there's, you know, yeah, uh, or I got this from an app the other day. Um, we've never worked with influencers before, but we're open to it. You, you know, I, I'll talk to, can, can you tell me a little bit more? That's perfect. You know, because then your, your whole objective is to get on a Zoom call, mm-hmm. you know? So can you tell me more? Yeah, absolutely. Like my goal is like, I'm an expert content creator. I can crank out content for you guys. Um, you have an excellent social media marketing team. You guys can boost out the content. Like I'd love to do something where I'm making a ton of great content for you using all of my great stuff. And, and then you guys can use it to grow your business. You know? When do you... Yeah. And Owen, when do you, uh, I feel like I have about three to four follow-up questions. Um, hopefully I'll, I'll, I'll get into a little more rapid fire. I'll, I'll, here. Answer, I'll oh. answer shorter. Yeah. I know that I ramble. I'll answer shorter. Oh no, not at all. This is like really juicy stuff. I mean, we have to break it down for people. So one is when do people choose to, or pitch creating content on their own channels versus Hey, brand XYZ, yeah. I can do this for you. Like you know, what's you gotta, the balance? Like I, I would do, I would kind of like feel them out. Like you mm-hmm. notice how in that last conversation, I didn't say on your channel, I just said I would create content for you. Mm-hmm. And then you guys would distribute it out. Like I didn't say whose channel it would be on. Gotcha. And so that's why you keep it really top level where it's like, I'm going to do what I'm good at. And then you guys do what you're good at. That, that like, let's jump on a Zoom call and chat more. Yeah, to learn more. So before you come to a conclusion, you bite your nails, like just relax. And sometimes the best way to pitch to people is like you said, you're not desperate. You don't, you don't need this, even though you, you know, you need this, but you have to give yourself a chance. What you need more than anything else is like to have the conversation and go through the ropes, you know, like, like go through the the steps. Cause after a while, it'll be kind of like on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I reach out to brands and that's just kind of what you do. Like that's, and, and we have people that do that for us now at this point, you know? Um, so it's in the, like the call where you're like, you're like, so do you guys want this on your channel or, or is it better if it's on my channel than you embedded in your blog? Like just find out, you know? And again, we have, all, I think if you go to ownvideo.com slash brand deals, I think that we have all of like a kit that you could buy on our email templates and all these things. And yeah. um, uh, there's, it's a great, it's a great pro because it's really, it's a conversation. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, no, this is a really, really good advice here. Um, I definitely want to get into, I want to get into pricing just 
yeah, for a bit. Sure. People get really tripped up by that. And frankly, at the beginning, I had no idea. I was like, what is it? 50 bucks, 300? Like, how am I supposed to charge for this? One thing I'll say is that neither one of us can reveal how much we get paid for certain branches in the contract. That's not what we're trying to do here. But is there a way to coach people, teach people based on either their channel size, what they're about to begin to assess? I have a formula in mind, but I want to hear what you have to say first. Yeah, yeah. $1 million. Like that's okay. Cause that's, that's the thing is like, you know, you're worth $1 million, but today they're going to get it for the low, low price of. And, and what I mean by that is that you are worth more than you are giving yourself credit for. When you know your worth in the marketplace, then you're able to construct a more realistic price. For example, the average cost of a marketing video in a local business scenario is $800 to $1,200. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that means you could go to local businesses, restaurants are a big one. Um, real estate agents are another one. Mm-hmm. You could go to a local business and charge, you know, $500 per video. And I would never do that. I would say three videos for $1,500. Mm-hmm. And, and what they're getting is they're getting three videos instead of the one video that would have cost them $1,200 if they hired a videographer to do it themselves. Plus, they don't have to make it. Plus, the, the, the value of someone else, the edification of someone else saying, you should hire this agent, you should go to this restaurant, is more valuable than the restaurant saying, hey, you should come to us, you should come to us. Of course, the restaurant's gonna say that. But when you as a spokesperson or as an ambassador, as an influencer for that company, you are telling people to go to that restaurant, that's more powerful. So three videos for 1,500, I could close that all day long. But the formula is, what would this client have to pay for their own video, mm-hmm. you know, that promotes themselves? And then you, you, you charge that or lower, you, you know, it did, like I, I'm the guy that kind of like lowers the price to get the deal. And that's why my wife does our sales now, because like I was closing all these deals that just like, I closed so many deals, but they weren't all profitable at the end of the day. You know what I mean? And yeah, yeah. Uh, women are you know, good at making choosing prices. Yeah, she's, An investment. she crushes yeah. it. You know, she crushes it for us. So, <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, but you know, like you got to know your value though, too. Like at the mm-hmm. end of the day, you're thinking, oh, views and AdSense. The 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 brand is on a like they're they have budgets of hundreds of thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. The local company has budgets of hundreds or thousands of dollars. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And they don't necessarily want views. They want the product. They want the video. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I think $500 for any creator to create a video is a good starting point. And I think that if you go lower than that, you have to say 500, but I'm going to give it to you for 250 today. Right, right. If you exactly. start at 250, then you're just kind of like, well, I'll find, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's true. You know, when you create, uh, let's say content, I'm going to use a different scenario. I love the idea of restaurants because they're there they don't have, many of them don't have video content. They don't even know how to do it, period. So you are creating an offer as opposed to competing with an ad agency, you know, who has internal teams and you really got to pitch yourself um, as to why you're doing this for cheaper, for better, or whatever the reason may be. 
Um, but you know, I've lately, or for the past year, year and a half, I've almost exclusively worked with software companies, and they care about two things: basically, awareness, getting their software oh, out there, good. right? Especially if they're new. And the other is they want conversion. They want these days with a lot of free signups, but they do want people to convert to paid members, uh, as you can probably imagine, which is hard for us to control, right? So they're especially software that are really good that comes with a forever free version. These days, so many of them, including Restream, ConvertKit, Mailchimp, a lot of there's forever free. And I hear this from people that say, oh my God, Faye, that was so cool. I can use it for free forever. And um, it's hard to control. But ultimately, what they want to do, they will give you a formula of basically how, you know, how much is 50 bucks a month. And we want your video to generate this number of signups is ultimately kind of what they're thinking about. Yeah. So what, what's your take on that? I, I'm curious. You know, I, I would have to get paid a lot more than that because it's kind of like, I can't control your messaging. Um, mm -hmm. You know, sure. a lot of times uh, a brand suffers from too many chefs, right? Like where you got way too many people who are unaccountable for your results making decisions. Oh, sure. You know, for example, graphic designers, right? A graphic is like, you have no control over the designs the graphic designer at that company makes but yet your payment relies on the conversion of that thing, you know, on the conversion of those graphics. So for me, I'd have to get paid a lot more. Um, and, and I think that you have to be careful not to be responsible for the company's sales unless you're a salesperson, right? Mm -hmm. So like uh, Restream notwithstanding, because we're both Restream ambassadors and, and we've, we like, let me, Move, move to another example. Mm. Uh, I worked with a company that hired me to do a show for them. But about, you know, a year in, they're like, they started like talking to me about conversions. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. You hired me to do a show. That's what I'm good at. Now you're saying you're judging my show. My production value is based on these people that hit your crappy landing page. Absolutely not. Like, if you want me to stay to, to keep doing this, I was like, then I, I keep doing the show. If you guys want more sales tactics and stuff like that in the show, tell me what to do and I'll do it. We'll yeah. add them into the show. But my job was not to be, I don't need a salesperson job, you know? And so exactly. you, I think that it's a good idea to do affiliate marketing. Don't get me wrong, but go into that. Like with Restream, I entered into that deal going like, dude, I'll get conversions all day long on this. Mm -hmm. and, and we've done very well because we're a live streaming company. I, I like we 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 teach that I I couldn't do that with like like this pillow company that makes the subscribe pillows. Yeah. I, I couldn't do that with them because like I don't know that everybody needs that or wants that or it's like if you want me to do a show for you I'll do a show for you. you want me to do some videos for you I'll do but what I don't do is I don't sell pillows. You guys exactly. sell pillows. So I will bring awareness to your pillow sales funnel for which you will pay me. But um you, you know like the conversions on that page is not really my thing. True. And for clarification's sake, even if they tell you information from brands are good to have, it's better for them to tell you what they need, what their needs and wants are, as opposed to you guessing what they are. Yeah, so it's sure. right. The transparency helps. However, just make sure that your payment, your work is not contingent based on their behaviors, their responsibilities, what I'm saying. So, you know, and, and in a way, I think for content creators to be able to see behind the scenes, okay, here's a single video, how many people clicked, how many people converted. It is a really good exercise. Sometimes for some people, it's stressful. For yeah. me, I love analytics. I would like to see what works and, and yeah. that's, that's interesting. Yeah. So um, to respect your time, and I know that 
at the beginning, we had just a little bit of a technical issue. So I, I wanna, I only booked an hour of your time. So my last bits, uh, could you stay on for like five more minutes? Or? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, okay. And, and you know, like, I'm not saying you shouldn't be able to convert. You shouldn't be taking on products um, that you don't think your audience will buy. You know, yeah. I, I think, and you might take on a product that you thought would do well and didn't do well. And those are all great learning expenditures. But like, I don't want to see creators going after, you know, um, like a, a food. Like if you're a vegan, like you shouldn't be partnering with the steakhouse. You know what I mean? Because even though you could probably like drive traffic there, um, it, it's not like what you stand for. It's just like outside of your thing. You know what I mean? So it's all about finding relevant middle of the road or beginning brands. Like you stay away from GoPro, stay away from Johnson and Johnson, stay away from Mattel. I, I say this all the time and creators, the first thing they do is they go for Mattel. Yeah. GoPro. Cause they, they, well, Oh, and you told me to shoot for the moon. It's like, that's not what I said, man. Like mm-hmm. you got to go, go get the coupon book that comes in your mail. You know, mm-hmm. like everybody gets these things right. in their mail and start looking at who, who like it could be the carpet cleaning guy. That's like a great fit for you. Maybe you have a cleaning channel. I don't know. Like there's a lot of things that you could do. Mm, really great advice. So I, I'm super curious um, for people who have matured in their content creation journey. And I see myself doing that. And I'm definitely continuing with my YouTube journey. Um, what are some of, I mean, what is your current like routine setup yeah. schedule, this thing to make sure that you can consistently, uh, delivering your content and who's doing the editing marketing. I, if you could, yeah, that, that, that's super juicy to me. Yeah, that's great. So we believe in systems and workflows, you, you know, and I've been really good at this ever since I, you know, I was diagnosed with cancer five years ago and, mm-hmm. and I had to do chemotherapy really aggressively for a year. And so, um, you know, I couldn't do all the things. I was running my business by myself at that point. And that's when I started to like learn the power of outsourcing and stepping away. But I also learned the power of time management. Like anytime someone says they're too busy, what they're really saying is I'm horrible at managing my own time, but I want you to like me. Yeah. Right. It's like, but, but, but please respect me. Right. It's like, I'm too busy is I don't manage my time. Well, it means I commit to things that I don't know that I can do. I put everything on my calendar and I see what happens. And this to me is like the folly of like American entrepreneurialism is like, I, I'm very passionate about time management because you only have one life. And, yeah. and so you've got to look at your time systematically. Mm-hmm. Creatives, I think struggle. And I struggled with this until I, I got cancer. Uh, creatives want to have all of this unstructured time. Like I want to create when I feel it. Okay. That's, that's not, that's, that's not how it works. You know what I mean? Like Michelangelo Uh, first of all, was paid well for the Sistine Chapel. Okay, Michelangelo was a freaking millionaire. So was Leonardo da Vinci. They they weren't starving artists. Okay, there's nothing cool about that. Um, uh, You know, the second thing is, is that he had to show up for work every day. Like he was responsible to like the Pope or the Bishop. You know what I mean? Like he had to show up to work every day. The trick as a creative is to show, like to know your rhythms and, and go read Atomic Habits is a good one. Like to try to like master your own rhythm. So like for me, I'm more creative in the morning. So I try to do all of my creative work in the mornings. I can't always do that because of my work demands, right? Tuesday, Wednesday morning, I have calls I have to do. And that's business. That's a different, my, it's a different brain. It's my Microsoft Excel brain versus my Adobe brain. So 
Look at your month in four weeks. If there's a fifth week, that's unstructured time. Go celebrate. Go do whatever you want, right? But all those four weeks, you're going to be disciplined. You have the first and third week, the second and fourth week, okay? So now you've got Monday, Wednesday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. And I think that you should look at your time in those time buckets. So for example, we run our program based on the first and third week of the month, the first and third Tuesdays of the month, right? We do X. Every Wednesday afternoon, I film videos. Every Friday afternoon, I film videos, right? And I have a flow that works this way. So you've got to find as a creative, like when you're most creative and schedule that time, okay? The other part of that is know what you can outsource. You, like every creative listening to this right now, like needs to be thinking about what, what am I going to outsource first and what am I going to outsource next? You want to truly be an entrepreneur? Hire someone. <laughs> truly, right? Because all I'm a creative entrepreneur. I make no money and I have no team and I have no staff. And like, you're not an entrepreneur, right? right? right. I get it. You to want to be, you're a wantrepreneur. I get that. I respect that. But I want to get you to, here's where we, we, well, only I can edit my way. And that might be true. Maybe editing is not what you outsource. Only I can design graphics my way, you know? Um, only I can, can write blogs my way. Like this is the trap of the artist. Yeah, the you know? artist trap. What about yeah. you guys? What is the team like right now? Like who do you- Yeah, so we have one person in charge of one task and we have a three-person administrative team. So it's me, Carmen, and Teresa are the management team. Me and Teresa, my wife, are owners of the company and she's like the, the business development specialist and I'm sort of like the visionary. Carmen is like our VP of everything. She's our integrator. She's the one that deals with all of our sort of like staff members. We have Carlos who uh, produces um, two shows for us. He produces the Restream show and he produces the Cast Iron Babe show. Uh, we have Angel who produces the... Uh, uh, the Dr. Jake podcast. We have uh, Lindell, who is our website manager and our blog uploader. We have SEO Express writers um, who writes and, and, and turns all of our blogs and these SEO things. We have Video Husky who does our editing for us. And we have Design Pickle that does all of our graphic design. So wow. we have like these six people that Carmen manages them. You don't even right? have to manage them. Yeah. Yeah. And I do a little because I'm teaching Carmen. I'm mentoring Carmen. Yeah. It, it, but that's where my role is. I spend very little time with the actual um, staff member. Like I, I don't, if I'm the most important person in their world, then, then I've, I'm not doing entrepreneurial right. You, you know what I mean? Like, and it took me years to learn this lesson, by the way, because for years I was like, no one can edit like me. No one can graphic design like me. No one can do mm -hmm. webinars like me. And mm -hmm. this is the first year of, of being in business, like eight years that I'm finally stepping back from these things. Yeah, sorry, repeat that one more. This is the first time in three three years? In eight? Like eight, I've eight had years. business for like eight years and I've hired people, but I fire them because it's like, you don't do it like me. Mm -hmm. right? You're not as good as me. And I put no effort into training them or mentoring them or nurturing them. What yeah. I did was truly, I didn't want to hire anybody. I wanted to be the best at everything. So I could walk around with my chest puffed out. But then I got cancer, you know? 
And then I got blood clots from the chemotherapy. Like my health has been this ongoing journey for me. And it's like, I cannot be working 80 hours a week at these massive stress levels. It's time for me to start hiring. And truly the designers that we have now and the video editors now do a better job yeah. at the type of work that we do than, than I did myself. Are they individuals or are they companies? I know you named some. Video Husky, Design Pickle, and SEO Express Writers are companies. Right. Um, but then the others are individuals. And, and we, have a good, we have a good mixture of those things. At the end of the day, even though it's a company, I have one editor at Video Husky. And at Design Pickle, I have one graphic designer. You know, at SEO Express Writers, it could be, I have one contact, but she's going to assign it to any writer. Right that she thinks is going to be best at it. But you got to find the best tool for the job, right? For some of you, like, I think that the best thing that you could do is you find the thing that you hate the most. Like for my wife, who also manages our home, you know, in, in partnership with me, right. she, she needs to get out of like prepping vegetables and doing laundry, right? Now, don't get me wrong for those of you guys here. Like I do laundry too, um, but there's a baskets of laundry upstairs that need to be folded. And for kids, yeah. Yeah, truly, neither one of us should be folding it. So mm -hmm. we're going to hire someone to help us with that so that we can, when our time with the kids is not spent doing laundry, it's playing in the park. While some other young person who's trying to be an entrepreneur earns money folding my laundry. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you. how long have you had this system? Uh, you know, where does it go? A few years? Yeah, I mean, two years, I think. Okay. But like, here's the, the, the problem is, is that I've been not willing to give up. I have been a control freak. Mm -hmm. And this, this is what I mean is 2020, 2021 is the first year that I've ever like really decided in my head and in my heart that I need to mm -hmm. step back. You know, because I want to make comedy. I want to do stand-up comedy. I want to I wanna make family-friendly comedy that your whole family can watch together. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to write sitcoms. I want to write movies. And I'm never going to be able to do that passion, that retirement project, if I'm right. in the muck of the coaching business. Mm -hmm. mm, interesting. So you're, you're constantly, that's something, another note is that you're constantly going through transitions. So we don't just stay the same as content creators. Yeah. Um, at the beginning, it can be hard, but there's also a lot of freedom. Uh, to the videos that you're creating, right? Yes. Like you don't have to cater to so many people. You just kind of experiment. But um, I, I was also curious, okay, would it be fair to say that right now your energy is focused on content creation? Perhaps that means you script your video, you record on Wednesday and Friday afternoon. From that point on, I don't know, you drop your videos and you upload them to a Dropbox and you're done. Like everybody else knows what yes. to do after that. Yes. And, and, and then I critique their work. You, you, you inspect what you expect, mm -hmm. you know? And so on Fridays, in fact, we were meeting before I jumped on this call on Fridays, we review the work and that's when I give coaching and consulting and feedback, mm -hmm. but I have to be willing. So for example, my, my producer uploaded a video to YouTube and it, it didn't perform very well. I went in there, changed the title mm -hmm. and it's now top performing video on the channel. Mm -hmm. and, and like, I don't know, I can, I get mad sometimes and it's like, why didn't you pick the better title? Mm -hmm. But again, that comes back to me and it's like, well, Owen, why didn't you teach them how to do this more effectively? Right. And this is where I, I you know, I, I, I try to train our client. We help our clients hire too. And so like with my clients, what I find is they're very, they can be very impatient. And it's like, yeah. if, if your outsourcer messes up once, it's like you fire them, just fire them, find somebody new. Mm -hmm. Truth is you hire very slowly. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. and you fire very quickly. But, but the, the idea is, is that you, you nurture, you know, and you, 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 you show them how to do it. What I, what a lot, you hire someone, you leave them alone. And it's like, you can't do that. Like in the beginning, you got to be with them two times a week, bugging them. Where are you at? Mm-hmm. You know? And I've had outsourcers say like, Hey, you know, you seem to be touching base a lot. And it's like the moment you start touching base, I won't need to touch base with you anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm trying to train them that you check in every day or every day you do work for me, you just check in, you know? Yeah. I mean, you've been such an open book on I, transparency is something I always appreciate. So the next part of the question, don't feel like you have the answer, but just for you're at a different stage now as a content creator, yeah. nobody right should. If tomorrow you're starting your YouTube channel, yeah, it might take a little while for you to understand who you are and who you should hire. But um, it sounds like there are a lot of people, multiple people, responsibilities. And how, I mean, how much are you budgeting in, you know, if there's a range for getting help to achieve this level? Yeah, you know, maybe, you know like this yeah. is the Microsoft Excel part of the business. Right. You know, and and we sort of work backwards. And, and I don't know if that's the right thing to do or not. Like I, I'm still hiring out a financial team you know, your financial team should consist of someone who like does your bookkeeping, um, someone who does like your taxes um, and not just like at H&R Block, like you need someone who's like specific and entrepreneurial, creative, artistic type of taxes. I understand uh, you in your business too. Like, yeah, you yeah. And then you, need, yeah. then you need someone who is actually like driving your investments. And like, we don't, we don't have all those things right now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like we're, we're not great at budgeting and you don't have to be like, at the end of the day, it's like, we need to hire an editor. It's going to cost 560 bucks at Video Husky. So do we have 560 bucks <laughs> times, times 12 in the bank account? Yes. Hire them, you know? Um, and then it was the same thing with the, um, uh, uh, with the podcast editor. It's like, how, like how much it's going to cost us like $40 a week to hire her. Like, Oh dude, sign her up. You know what I mean? That's nothing, you know, cause yeah. we're making so much more on that for the client investment. Yeah. So, you know, it's like every sort of dollar you make should, should be working towards hiring someone to do the work that you don't want to do. Oh, I love it. Oh, I need to hear this right now. Your That's whole why business, your whole yeah. business should be like, like, here's what, what I think the mistake that I made is I started making six figures my first year. And mm-hmm. so immediately it's like, we bought a house, we bought new cars, mm-hmm. um, things that I, I, I feel like were uh, maybe we over, like, I think it's really good to reward yourself. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe we over rewarded ourselves. Mm-hmm. What I would do now, what I would, what I would coach someone in doing is before you buy the house, buy a VA. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. And get out of some of the muck. Like yeah. all the money you should be making should be hiring somebody. So you should be in a place where you're broke as a joke, but the mm-hmm. company is making sales automatically with hired hands who are getting paid and you're not involved. That's a business. Mm-hmm. Now, not everyone's going to achieve that, but you achieve varying levels of it. This is what investment companies do, right? Like when mm-hmm. Elon Musk starts a company, it, like, he, he, he gets investment from investors, right? And then they hire the people, they get the building, they train the people so that the business can now run without them. This mm-hmm. is what we need to do. Mm. Yeah, this is exactly what we need to do. Oh my God, I can, I can talk to you forever. I, I got to ask a couple of more questions if that's okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, just Maybe just a couple of more minutes. Uh, one thing is there is, like you said, it, it is not a um, perfect balance sheet and it's not always so black and white. Making decisions... 
should be easy. In some cases, you might have to sit down and looking at your financials. So for me, for instance, I have my some of my passion projects, which I get paid for, but I, you know, I don't request a lot of money for just a few things that are really, really important to me. And some of that is related to palliative care and childhood cancer, frankly. Wow, and really? I, yeah, absolutely. And maybe we can, you know, I, I can definitely send you some some links and some information. And I'm really passionate about it. And and then there are there are, you know, the other circle of my regular consulting clients who can afford a lot more, yeah. you know, retainers and all that. And yeah. then, of course, there's a third, um, there's more like a triangle, but there's a third bubble of the face world content podcast, YouTube, you know, a little more pass- passive income. So, yeah. you know, I, I think it's interesting. Like when I look at my VA, I have my VA passionately working on my passion projects or yeah. we can talk about it for hours, but the, that bubble doesn't generate as much revenue. So like, as you're saying, part of me is like, okay, I know I need to offload a lot of work, but which, which does it even matter for me to figure that out right now? Or should I just cold turkey and just really trying to offload as much as possible? Because on one hand, oh, and like, I'm not super busy. I don't have, I love kids. I don't have kids. So I have time. But the other thing is like, maybe I don't even know what I'm made of. I don't know what my potential is because my time is currently sucked up with these things, I should be offloading. I'm not sure if that makes sense. It's just yeah, like- Yeah, it does. Yeah. I, I think that you need to like know what work brings you life and what work brings you death. Right. And that's, and it does bring death. Like as someone experienced with cancer, like high stress is a toxin that can change your mitochondrial function, which could express itself as cancer. And most likely will if you have other metabolic disorders like high cholesterol um, mm-hmm. or, or a low uh, CBC count, like- like we could talk about this for hours, but like, so, so you need to know what work is bringing you life, what work is bringing you death and set yourself up so that the work that brings you death is being outsourced because the work that brings you death will bring someone else life. Yeah. And oh. you need to find that person, right? Find that person and train that person. And they're probably in the Philippines or in, in Pakistan or in South America. And that's okay. Like I, I'm so proud to be feeding families all over the world. Yeah. And there's, there's nothing like, there's nothing to be ashamed in, in that. I know that somebody is a higher American, higher American, and that's a great bumper sticker, but is it a reality for every entrepreneur? I don't think it's so. Not. Especially not when every American wants $80,000 an hour and healthcare. You know what I mean? Like that's, you know, like- (laughs) That's a good bumper sticker, sorry. It's true. It's like, it's not a real way of living. What that is, is like these excuses that we tell Mm -hmm. ourselves that we can live small. And and what I would do, like you want to spend more time in the things that give you life. So make a list of the things that, that bring you death and hire for one of those things. Yeah. And get them good. Like we're hiring a social media manager right now. Mm -hmm. And- that social media manager is going to do a bunch of things for us. They're going to grow LinkedIn. They're going to grow Instagram. They're mm-hmm. going to post on my profile, but mm-hmm. we're not hiring them for that. Right now we're hiring them to post in our face, to all three of our Facebook groups for 30 days and see if we even like them. Right. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's not just, it's one job per hire. Mm-hmm. You hire one, like our podcast editor, we're going to have her edit one, maybe three podcasts. But after three, it's mm-hmm. time to hire a new podcast editor and get three more podcasting clients. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. see where I, that's, that's where yeah. business growth comes in, right? Yeah. So, so we're not going to hire her to be our podcast editor, my VA, my blog writer. And this is the super VA myth that everybody seems to believe in, right? Like I'm going to hire one VA that can do everything when really that's not what a VA is. It's unfair to that person, unfair to you. So if, you, if you're like, okay, I need somebody to write blogs for me, hire a blog writer. Mm-hmm. That's it, right? And, and are, are they going to be the right person to upload your YouTube videos? I don't know. Like, 
get them on the blog writing thing, see how that goes, see yeah. if you even like them and then say, right. Hey, I'm thinking about having you upload these to YouTube. What do you think about that? Right. You know, yeah. and, and then, and build off of that one person. When you found that limit, go to the next person. Mm. Right. But mm -hmm. just because you have time mean, doesn't mean that you should be wasting your time. True. You know, you True. should be putting your time into building the company. I wish that I would have built. Yeah. right? Which is outsource the muck from the beginning. Yeah. If I had outsourced early on, yeah. oh. I may not have gotten cancer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Thank you so much, Owen. There's a lot more to talk about, but uh, this is so fantastic. I seriously didn't quite expect this level of details and um, transparency and and wisdom. So I know I, you. you probably know what I'll be doing for this the rest of the afternoon. I'm going to revisit you know, my, my, uh, offload list and really focus on the things I, because it would be a dream come true for me to focus on scripting, recording videos, do this and just let everybody else yeah. handle. And, and that there. might be a dream for a year. You might like, that was me. I loved it. And now I'm in a place where it's like, eh, I don't even want to make videos on my channel anymore. Like I want to make comedy now. And, and so yeah. like, yeah, and that's okay. It's okay. Like do what you want now. Mm -hmm. And, and be open to change because we are going to grow. We are going to mature. And like in a year, you may be like, ah, I don't want to do that anymore. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sell my channel or I'm going to partner with someone on this channel. Like mm -hmm. it opens up so many new doors and that is entrepreneurialism. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Oh, because it's giving me like goosebumps. Of, yes, um, I love to know, hear that. Yeah, next level of thinking. But thank you so much, Owen Video, for your time. And again, all the links in the description below. I'll also be repurposing this for my regular podcast um, platforms on everything, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple. I'm, I'm very intrigued and I will be repurposing this into a lot of clips, you know, shorts, that sort of thing. So look forward to continuing our conversation in the near future. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait to have you on my show and we'll just keep this conversation going. Oh, yes, please. Absolutely. So. This episode of the Face World podcast is brought to you by Face World LLC, our marketing service agency created for independent creators and businesses. We offer website development, video production, marketing mentorship to people who want to tell better stories, level up and create a profitable brand. Face World Podcast team are Chief Editor and Producer Herman Ceballos, Associate Producer Adam Leffert, Social Media and Content Manager Rose DeLeon, Transcript Editor Alina Ahmidova, and lastly, myself, the creator and host of Face World. Thank you so much for listening.